Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, baby. Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Dweebs. I'm Tim, and that, of course, was a very bad impersonation of The Big Bopper by The Colonel. Today's topic is The Day the Music Died, and, of course, we're referring to February 3rd, 1959, when that um, event uh, led to the death of uh, rock and roll stars Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and... JP, the big bopper Richardson. Uh, but before we get into the topic, uh, we've been off for a couple of weeks. I mean, you guys, you guys, can't, can't you do a podcast without me once? No. Well, we don't you have all the stuff. Do one without me. We're not going to do any. I'm not doing anything. Me and Brittany come as a team. You guys didn't do one without me while I was gone? No. no we couldn't do We one. are happy to, to report that. Um, we're joined. And last time, if you remember, when we did the Boston Corbett uh, podcast, that was very, um, very good until that last part about that uh, Colonel did. It was very good, <laughs> and but it was a sad occasion because uh, young Brittany was leaving us. But it turns out that young Brittany uh, couldn't live without us. Yeah, we've come to an agreement, and young Brittany is going to join us. Most of the time, hopefully, hopefully most of the time. So, all you young Britney fans out there, um, I'm back. She's Brittany's back. back. Britney's yeah. back. Bitch is back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. So, how have you been, young Britney? I'm good. Britney, you look uh, you're looking quite tan over there, girl. Yeah, I like the sunlight. Like what, what, what you been doing in your free time now? So you really haven't been working. you just been laying by the pool. Yeah, vacation for two weeks. I've had 14 Saturdays in a row, which means I just relax and, and do what I want. you got the life I just do what about. you want. Yep. Do what you want. See, you? when you're young and attractive, you can do what you want, Chuck. You are You are looking lovely. You're looking healthy. You're looking re- re- rested and refreshed. Yes. She does. Indeed. Well, we're glad that you're still a part of the team, and I know our listeners will be as well. Now, they're probably not excited about my next introduction, but we're, Brandy is uh, the, the uh, be- be- brown hair beauty. Brandy is, of course, with us again today, as always. She as never a, leaves. As always. She never <laughs> leaves. She liked the mother-in-law that moves into hair the house. Beauty. Yeah. Did you hear him say That's that? That's hurtful. That was nice. Yeah, brown that hair was beauty. Nice. It was very nice of him. Yeah. How are you, Brandy? I'm well, Tim. How no, are I'm you? just kidding you. You, of course, you know the show would not be the same without you. You're a yeah, very... it'd be better. <laughs> it wouldn't. <laughs> no, it would not be better, girl. My goodness. Um, 
we are. For someone who just almost lost their job, you're awful mouthy. (laughs) And we're also joined, of course, as always, by the very distinguished, honorable, and unattractive Colonel, <laughs> Colonel, I mean that haircut dude has got uh, Renee. You did a fine job, but it's it's a little close. Well, you never want to ask your wife for a haircut. Now, and first of all, I wouldn't have got a haircut if you wouldn't have been nagging me and old brown haired devil over here wouldn't have been we, on my ass. You're trying Brittany's to give a more corporate image to that the I had program. a mullet or that whatnot. <laughs> Well, you didn't have a mullet. Yeah, it looked like so, shit before. I'm just saying that now. It looked like shit before. <laughs> so then I tell my wife, look here, look here, girl. I need a haircut. And she's like, ah, but I'm hungry. I got. I was like, I, I can't. I don't want to hear no excuses. Right. Go get the go get the cutters, cut my hair. You just, you, 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 just ask me how high. Pretty Well, that's what I thought. You couldn't have gone to Supercuts. Huh? You couldn't have gone to Supercuts. Uh, you know what I don't like about Supercuts? This is what I don't like about Supercuts. I told you not to get the prison here. They got the uh, phone app now, okay? Oh, man, I hate that. So you walk in there, and ain't nobody there. (laughs) And And you you still have to wait 45 minutes. And then all of a sudden, like, three, four, some bitches walk in there. It's like Ted Cruz. They they walk right in front of you. They (laughs) start calling out the damn name. Like, five people walk in. That pisses me off, too. I really hate it. It's like, I've been, hold on, what the hell? I'm here in person. (laughs) I'm here in person. So Did you check in online? No. I didn't. No, I didn't check in on it. It'll be 45 Let's not minutes. take ourselves There's so damn seriously. You ain't nothing but damn supercuts here. I ain't trying to get ain't a cat scan. I just want a haircut now. You know, and they're all tatted all up, too. All the... I, I, you know, I wouldn't even mind that if... It's never seemed to and, bother you. And then they... Here's the thing I don't like, I'm dating him, but for my haircut. If I give you... Okay, the the haircut's typically $12. Right. And I give you a 20 Right. You don't give me eight singles back like I'm going to give you a $7 tip. Put it in their garter. Yeah. I, I, I believe, I firmly believe that if it's something, you know, in the kernel and against tipping, I tip pretty well. You're known for your generosity. But for $12, you're getting a $3 tip. We all know that. It yeah, comes to $15. Exactly. It rounds out. You spent tw- 15 minutes on my hat. That's what you did. So when the haircuts go up to fourteen dollars, you're still getting a fifteen dollar tip. You're getting a dollar tip. It's fifteen dollars. <laughs> That's it. Still getting fifteen dollars. Okay. Well, Colonel, we're glad that you're here. I do have a, a couple shout outs. Okay. Oh, I didn't know um, it was your turn. Excuse me. Yeah, um, let's uh, let's let's, let, let's do shout outs first. Go ahead, Colonel. Um, well, of course, we're always the first shout out to every show has to be to my Facebook friend. Um, the lovely Dottie Scott. Dottie. Dottie. Um, she is. <laughs> she's upset we're not doing Patsy Klein. I kept saying we're crazy. doing. Crazy. Here you go, Dottie. This is for you, baby. No. Crazy. Crazy. Oh, okay. I'll, Dottie I'll. accepted my friend request. I was yeah. so excited. I was on a roll about that the I other day. Doesn't it make you feel like you're, you're complete? You're, you're, your whole Facebook page yes. is rounded off when Dottie's I your friend. I was just like, yes. But then I realized the other day that I answered somebody and I used the F word in my answer. Did she scold you? Oh, no. Dottie, Dottie never not. scolds. No, no, you know what? She listens to Howard Stern. Oh, does she? Yeah. 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 She, she rolls with it. Yeah, my oh. mom's cool. So and, and then I got to give a... Uh, me, she's heard the F word before. I can attest to that. Shout out. To two little rat sons of bitches that don't even listen to my damn podcast, but I got to read every paper you turn in for philosophy, English, whatever. <laughs> the twins, 
And that's all I'm going to acknowledge them as today. The twins. The turning You're 21 this weekend. The twisted um, Taylor twins. and Tanner. The twisted twins. Taylor and Tanner. Taylor and Tanner. And they listen um, to every show because the first, the, first pe- the first downloads we get are from the Chicago area. Yeah, but it ain't those fools. Those, so I'll, I'll tell them, hey, did you see the podcast the other day? It'd be pretty good. Oh, no. I, I, but, Dad, I'll catch up to that when I get a chance. You know, and, and it's interesting, Tim, because when we had the economy going really south, right? Um, every week down here, because of my job, we would have the news down here. Mm-hmm. And they would interview me. Right. And they would interview me about the employment situation and whatever and I'd say, you know, I'll be on Channel 9 tonight at 6 or whatever. Do you know my boys? They never even watch it. Never even watch it. Because they have to put up with your face when it's right there in front of them. Why do they want to yeah. turn the TV I'm not sure that. that I'm not sure you'd be a big draw for me. <laughs> <laughs> but you think it, kids. You're going to be on TV. You know. Yeah. They didn't care. Yeah. They didn't care. Well, and then my second shout-out goes to... Your third shout-out. My third shout-out. Um, on oh, The day after the twins' birthday... Um, is my lovely bride's birthday, Renee. Yay! Happy birthday, Renee! Yay. Happy birthday! Um, she's gonna be. I don't even know how old the woman is. She doesn't seem twenty-five. To age. She does. She does not seem. Yeah, she age. seems a lot younger than you. She does seem a lot younger than me. You always talk about me robbing the cradle. But so wise, so much wiser. <laughs> she yeah. is wiser and younger. So looking. yeah. So so those those are my shout outs, and uh, we got. Although that's a low by bar. all of our sponsors. <laughs> I have to say that. Um, the new sponsor? No, we got dropped by our sponsors because of the brown head devil over here. Um, yeah. They said that they did not like uh, really their customers start a boycott. What? Because yeah. she, but by, for, what? For, for being an associate. Because she's got poor attitudes towards Like in Paula Dean. Yeah, she she's like the Paula Dean. Yeah. Although she's she's not she's not racist. She's just hate, she hates everybody. She's hateful. She's yeah, hateful. she's hateful. But she's she's, pleasant, she's pleasantly. She's hateful. over here playing Candy Crush on the damn phone. Yeah, I'm just Where waiting for you all to move on from ripping at me. So at, at Brandy, um, and so I've had time to get through three games now. How about your shout out, Brandy? I. Would like to make a shout out, dude. Brandy went pedaling. Uh, you know, I pedaling saw that. I'm so pedaling. jealous. And there should be laws against that. I went on a pedal bar, and it was fantastic. And I want to give a shout out to my friend Mandy Ross in Gahana. 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 Oh man, Ghana. do not send her any money over through the mail, no matter what she tells you. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, their prince, yeah. their prince keeps calling. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So I want to send a shout out to her, and a shout out to a new friend that I made, Emily, uh, who hopefully will start listening to the podcast when we post them. And that's all. I had an awesome time, and I want to get together and do some stuff again soon. And Mandy listens to all our podcasts. Mandy does. Thank you, Mandy. Well, Mandy's thank you, awesome. Mandy. And welcome, uh, Emily. We hope that you join our um, join our legions of fans. Our legions, legions of fans. Of fans. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a movement. It really is. It's it's crazy. It's a grassroots. Thing. Brittany, do you have any shout outs? No. How about to you, Dad? How about to Bill? Um, Bill, Bill appreciates all the shout outs that we've given him. Well, we appreciate him listening. Did, yeah. Bill, did Bill actually ask us to stop shouting out for No, no <laughs> please don't no. ever Does Bill have a restraining he's got, order? He's got a good drive to work. He listens to them okay. on his way to and from. Okay, let's get on the top. I do have one shout out to my cousin Steve, 
He was a really good guy. He was like, like um, he had a, a health scare this past uh, week, but everything is okay. Ooh, so, Steve, Yay. brother, love you. Thank you. I'm glad everything worked out okay, and look forward to seeing you soon. And our thoughts and prayers were with you, Steve. Yes. 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 Did you feel them? Yes. Because, you know, this show is, we, we, we've got like a reach. we got a straight, um, <laughs> we got a hotline to God. Well, we got the red phone to God. Yeah, I'm sure God listens. I did see where we had some downloads in heaven. No. Oh, did you? Yes, yeah. Really? You know, we have we have one down, we have one listener in Russia. Every Are they show. faithful? Uh, they're faithful. So, dude, or lady, ma'am, sir, whoever you are in Russia that listens to our podcast, check us out on Facebook and leave us a message. We would love to give you a shout out with you, given your name. We appreciate you listening. If we can pronounce your name, now yeah. we might mangle it up. Yeah, we mangle our own names. Yeah, we I, I mean, even if it's like Smith, we'd we're probably gonna mess it up. up. Yeah. Right, but um, thank you for listening, uh, comrade. Okay, so today's topic. I'm sorry, that was probably inappropriate. Maybe an American, whatever. But anyway, day the music died uh, on February third, nineteen fifty nine. Uh, rock and roll um, stars Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and J.P. the Big Bopper. Richardson were killed in a plane crash near Clear Lake, Iowa. Uh, also killed in that crash was their pilot, Roger Peterson. And um, when I, you know, every time I read this story and think about this story, the thing that amazes me about this whole thing is how young these guys were. Mm-hmm. I think the oldest one was uh, the Big Bopper, right? He was 29. Yeah, he was 29. Um, Buddy Holly was 22. He was the biggest star at the time. Uh, Richie Valens was only 17. And the pilot, Roger Peterson, was 21. He was 21. So almost all of these, except the Big Bopper, were younger than you, Brittany. Mm-hmm. Um, and look what they did with their lives, and look where we are. Yeah. 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 So. That's not sad at all. <laughs> yeah. But the event became known, the plane crash became known um, February 3rd, 1959, as the day the music died, because these were three very young and very popular rock and roll musicians at the time, whose influence still was around today. And of course, the reference, the day the music died, is um, from a song by Don McLean, uh, American Pie, that came out about 10 years after the plane crash, and everyone knows that song, so I'm not going to talk too much about that. Um, well, and uh, I'll just say something that's interesting, and I'll just roll right into Buddy Holly here. Well, that would be good, but we're starting with the big bopper. <laughs> but, but go ahead, please. Say, throw out your interesting tidbit. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just going to say, you know, for all the fame and all Had you been here for the um, pre-show meeting? (laughs) You Uh wouldn't know this. (laughs) Yeah, well. Didn't you listen? For all of his accolades and everything else, uh, Buddy Holly was only, he only had a career that lasted a year and a half. Yeah, and um, Richie Valens was only like nine months. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, there was very short careers, but they all each had uh, hit records and um, we're going to talk about uh, the plane crash. We're going to talk about... It's just like four stories in one, because we're going to talk about the plane crash, but first we're going to go through each of the artists, because each of them were, you know, a big deal. 
Buddy Holly, of course, the biggest star, so we're giving that role to the colonel since he felt like he got shafted on the last story. Got shafted? <laughs> what? You gave me like two sentences to do. Okay. When I, when I give assignments... Yeah, somehow you stretched it in 20 minutes. When I yeah. give assignments, it doesn't mean you have to stop there. When I give you links, you can do further research. I don't you get paid get for started. extra credit here. No? Okay. Okay. Huh? So diva. Yep. Yeah. Look, you are uh, right. you're lucky. I'm, there was damn near a labor sh- a labor movement here because uh, Brittany a, doesn't like the way she's been treated. The colonel right. don't like the way we he's been treated. We've not been issued an apology. And, yeah. And there has been. Uh, some I bought him a sandwich work. yesterday. He did buy me. He. Yeah. So okay. think about that. Let me just say there was some unkind words said <laughs> on Facebook, and I believe these unkind words were. I wish I paid you so I could fire your ass. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't pay you, so yeah. it, it, all, it all evens out. So, anyway, but, but you did feel shafted because in the last our last show was about Boston Corbett, the man who shot uh, J- John Wilkes Booth, and there was a story that I thought was fascinating about a mummy of John Wilkes Booth that toured the country from 1865 to the 1970s and yet all you could find is two paragraphs about it. Because it was not John Wilkes Booth. There was a mummy that got put around. You know, there's, I mean, the Amityville Horror, I could go on about that, but it nothing happened. I mean, it's like the... Man, it's like I gave you, I, I gave it to you on a silver platter and you dropped you it. You gave me Bigfoot is what you gave me. Something that don't exist and people talk about. <laughs> okay, well, this time you got the star, buddy. Like your personality. But before we get to... <laughs> uh, that's good. That's why you're on this show. Yeah. Okay, so but before we get to the um, the to Buddy Holly and Richie Valens, let's start with the Big Bopper. And Brandy, you're going to tell us about J.P. the Big Bopper Richardson. J.P. was born in Texas. He was the oldest son of an oil oil field worker, uh, and he had two younger brothers. They moved to Beaumont, Texas. Which was in Footloose, by the way, just putting that out there. Is that where they couldn't dance? Because no, I they, believe. No, they could dance yeah. in Beaumont. Uh, Beaumont was where Ren worked at the uh, feed store. Um, was in Beaumont. The That's feed where the, store? the feed store. Like cow feed, chicken mm-hmm. feed. Mm-hmm. And the feed and grain. And that's where they had the dance at the end was in Beaumont. Okay. So anyway, just a little tidbit. That was very informational. Uh, it so was. I like so that. he graduated from Beaumont High School in 1947. BSH. Yes. BHS. BHS. He played on the football team. He was a defensive lineman. Uh, he was a big guy, wasn't he? He was a huge guy. Mm. Uh, he later studied That's pre-law. Why they him the big Papa, not the little Papa. He was. Chuck and I were talking yesterday, um, and about Big Bopper and. We thought we thought he was much older than. I thought he was much older, and I always thought it was a little bit inappropriate him singing about high school girls. Anyway, yeah, but he wasn't that much. He wasn't. He wasn't that old. But go ahead. Still twenty nine. He's like the dude's old days to not confused. Be, I mean, he's like, yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. Don't judge, dude. Don't judge. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like you, Timmy. <laughs> Richardson later studied pre law at Lamar College, uh, where he was a member of the band and the chorus. He worked part-time in Beaumont at the radio station KTRM, which is now KZZB, in case you were wondering. He was hired by the station full-time in 49. And he the quit, buzz? Yes, probably. And he quit college. He married Adrian Joy Fry, Fryu 
I can't say her name. Adrian. 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 Adrian Joy. Fry you. He screamed Rico. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, that's so bad. On, um, let's see, on April 18, 1952, they had a daughter, Deborah Joy. She was born in 1953. Uh, soon after that, Richardson uh, became promoted to supervisor of the announcers at KTRM. In March 1955, he was drafted into the Army, did his basic training at F- Fort Ord, California, and spent the rest of his two years' service as a radar instructor in Fort Bliss in El Paso, Texas. He was discharged as a corporal in 1957 and returned to KTRM Radio, where he held down the dishwasher serenade shift from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., Monday through Friday. One of the station's sponsors wanted Richardson for a new time slot and suggested an idea for a show. Richards had seen the college students doing a dance called The Bop, and he decided to call himself the Big Bopper. His new radio show ran from 3 to 6 p.m., and he soon, Richardson actually soon became the station's program director. In May of 1957, he broke the record for continuous on-air broadcasting by eight minutes. From a remote setup in the lobby of the Jefferson Theater in downtown Beaumont, Richardson performed for a total of five days, two hours, and eight minutes. I want to say that over time. Oh. Now, see, I've always been told that if you perform for more than four hours, consult the doctor. Yeah. Well, he played 1,821 records, and he took showers during the five-minute newscast. He was also credited for creating... You see him there, like, scrubbing yeah, himself, quick. and, like, yeah, and was like, uh, partly cloudy today. Right. Get clean. Uh, Richardson's also credited for creating the first music video in 1958, and recorded oh, cool. an, er- an early example himself. Cool. Um, he played guitar and began his musical musical career as a songwriter. George Jones later recorded Richardson's White Lightning, which became Jones's first oh, yeah. number one country sure. hit in something. 1959. Didn't know he wrote that. Yeah, and it hit number 73 on the pop charts. Richardson also wrote Running Bear for Johnny Preston, remember his, that friend, his friend from Port Arthur, Texas. The inspiration for the song came from Richardson's childhood memory of the Sabine River, where he heard stories about Indian tribes. Richardson sang background on Running Bear, but the recording was not released until August 1959, seven months after his death. The song became a number one hit for three weeks in January of 1960. The man who launched Richardson as a recording artist was Harold Pappy Daly from Houston. Big Pappy. Big Pappy. Uh, Daly was a promotion director for Mercury and St- Starday Records and signed Richardson to Mercury. His first single, single, Beggar to a King, had a country flavor but failed to gain any chart action. He soon cut Chantilly A. Lace as the big bopper for Pappy's Daily D, Daly's D label. Mercury bought the recording and released it in the summer of 58. It reached number six on the pop charts and spent 22 weeks in the national top 40. It also inspired an answer, an answer record by Jane Mansfield titled, That Makes It. In Chantilly Lace, Richardson pretends to have a flirting conversation with his girlfriend. The Mansfield record suggests that his girlfriend might have been saying it, what his girlfriend might have been saying at the other end of the line. Later that year, he scored a second hit, a a rouches, whatever, a novelty tune, 
entitled The Big Bopper's Wedding, in which Richardson pretends to be getting cold feet at the altar. With the success of Chantilly Lace, Richardson took time off from KTR and radio and joined Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and Dion and the Belmonts for a winter dance party tour. On the 11th night of the tour, the musicians played the Surf Ballroom in Clear Lake, Iowa. Holly chartered a plane to fly them to the next show in Moorhead, Minnesota. The musicians Where was they going? Moorhead, Minnesota. Moorhead? Yeah. Yes. We're getting more into the accident, but... Um he at the time he didn't he hadn't made a lot of money at this point. No, he hadn't made a lot of money. So after the accident, uh, Richardson was survived by his wife and five and five year old daughter. His son Jay Perry was born two months later in April of 1959. So he never really met his dad. Not never really. He never did. No, not not, not close. Yeah, not close. no. What kind of not allegedly? Well, no. At the time of his death, Richardson had been building a recording studio in his home in Beaumont and was also planning to invest in a, in a radio station. He had written 20 new songs he planned to record himself or with other artists. Uh, let's see. I think I read it, and I think I should, he had like eight bucks in his wallet when he, yeah. went, when he died. Jerry, Pitcher, Jerry J. Perry Richardson took up a musical career and was known professionally as the Big Bopper Jr. and performed around the world. He toured on the Winter Dance Party Tour with Buddy Holly impersonator John Mueller on some of the stages where his father performed. In January of 2007, Jay requested that his father's body be exhumed and an autopsy be performed to settle rumors that a gun was fired or that Richardson initially survived the crash. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy conspiracy theories after the crash. There always is. The autopsy was performed by Dr. Bill Bass, a forensic anthropologist at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. Jay was present when Dr. Bass threw out the autopsy autopsy and observed as the casket was open. Both men were surprised to find the remains well enough preserved to be recognizable as those of the late rock star. Yeah, he still, I mean, the hair and everything was in place. Mm -hmm. Dad still amazes me 48 years after his death that he was in remarkable shape, Richardson told the Associated Press. I surprised myself. I handled it better than I thought I would. Dr. Bass's finding, findings indicated no signs of foul play. He was quoted as saying, There are fractures from head to toe, massive fractures. Richardson died immediately. He didn't crawl away. He didn't walk away from the plane. After the autopsy, Richardson's body was placed in a new casket made by the same company as the original, then was reburied next to his wife in Beaumont's Forest Lawn Cemetery. Jay then allowed the old casket to be put on display at the Texas Musicians Museum. In December of 2008, Jay Richardson announced that he would be placing the old casket up for auction on eBay, giving a share of the proceeds, just a share, to the Texas Musicians Museum, but downplayed the suggestion in later interviews. Jay Richardson Big Bopper Jr. died, in, died on August 21, sorry, 2013 at the age of 54. Yeah, he had, I had read where he had... Um, the Big Bopper never made any money when he was living, but Jay, his son, got like $100,000 a year in royalties from Chantilly Lace. Yeah. So he made, I mean, even though he didn't make any money for himself, he, he made his life for his son a lot easier. But did, I don't know if you read this, but there's like no monuments or nothing for the Big Bopper in his hometown. No. Now there's a couple of uh, monuments at the crash site. Yeah, but nothing in his hometown. But nothing there. No, uh, not in Beaumont. Yeah, which you, you would think that it would <clears throat> would be. But anyway, 
Um, so that was that's the big bopper. I've got Richie Richie Valens and Richie Stephen Valenzuela was born on May thirteenth, nineteen forty one, in Pacoma, um, California, which is a neighborhood of San Fernando Valley region of Los Angeles. His parents, Joseph Stephen Valenzuela and Concepcion Reyes, uh, um, were his parents. They were Mexican descent. He was brought up listening to traditional Mexican music, um, R&B, jump blues, and he expressed, uh, Richie Valens expressed uh, interest in music at a very young age of five. He was encouraged uh, by his father to take up the guitar at the age of nine and trumpet, and he later taught himself the drums. Um, one day, uh, a neighbor came across Richie trying to play guitar and only had two strings, and he restrung the instrument for Richie and taught him how to play some chords. And uh, while Richie was left-handed, um, he was eager to learn how to play the guitar and mastered it, the traditionally right-handed version of the instrument. Um, he attended um, junior high there in his hometown, and um, he became quite popular with uh, playing music for his friends at uh, recess or break or whatever. When he was 16, he joined a local band called the Silhouettes, and he, he initially as a guitarist, but later the main vocalist left the group, and uh, Richie assumed that position as well. He was self-taught, uh, for the most part, as a musician, um, and he was a very accomplished singer and guitarist. Uh, he often improvised his lyrics and added new riffs to popular songs that he was playing. Um, in addition to his performances with the Silhouettes, he would also play solo at parties and other social events. Uh, it was at one of these events that Bob Keane, the owner and president of a small record label, Delphi Records in Hollywood, um, heard, uh, heard about um, Richie Valens in nine, May of 1958 and came to hear him play. Um, Richie was known as Little Richard of the Valley at that point. Uh, but anyway, Keane uh, was really impressed with um, Richie, and he signed him to a recording contract uh, on May 27, 1958. And he changed his name to Richie instead of Rich Richie because there was a lot of uh, other Richies around, Little Richard at the time. And I guess Richie instead of Richie. Richie. Yeah, Richie instead Richie instead of a T in there instead of Richie. Oh. Um, what a difference. And he asked him to um, shorten his surname from Valenzuela to Valens in order to widen his appeal and get beyond the uh, ethnicity, I guess. So now his name is Rich Vells? Richie Valens. Valens. Yeah. Um, So at a single studio session on the afternoon of July 1958, he recorded his his first uh, hit, Come On, Let's Go, and it was released within days, uh, and it got up to uh, just out. It just fell short of the top 40, so he did very well. His next record uh, was a double-sided um, record. You probably don't know what a double-sided record is, do you, Brittany? Yes, That's I do. Sad. Okay. Why are you making a comeback with young people, Timmy? Yeah, I know. You got a turntable at your house, girl. 
No. But she scratches. Yeah, I'm sure she scratches. I'm sure yeah. she scratches from time to time. And you flip over, flip it over. Yeah. There were records, and then they'd have a, a, a song on each side. And on the A side of his next record was a song called Donna, which he wrote for a real girlfriend, Donna. Uh, I forget her last name. But anyway, that's not important. Ludwig. Donna Ludwig, his high school sweetheart. And on the flip side was La Bama. They only had one song on each side? Yeah. Well, that was on the smaller... Those was on the smaller... They were called 45. They were called 45. So it was only about that big. About the size of the pizza you just ate before. Uh, Oh. And they they spun it a different... The reason they were called 45s is they spun at 45 RPMs on the turntable. The long ones was 33s. The albums, they spun 33 and a third. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you call them 33 rounds per minute. Is that what it was? Rotations per minute or something? Yeah. Huh. Um, okay, so anyway, um, he, so uh, La Bamba and La Bamba and Donna became hits. And um, so um, Keen booked appearances for uh, Richie Valens, who, who was just a teenager at the time. Uh, Valens had a fear of flying. Um, Due to a freak accident that occurred at his high school on January twenty, or I'm sorry, January thirty first, nineteen fifty seven, two airplanes collided over the playground, killing and injuring several of his friends. He had been at his grandfather's funeral at the time, so he wasn't there. But uh, he had, you know, that kind of put the fear of God in him when it comes to planes. But he eventually overcame his fear to travel by airplanes for his career. He appeared on Dick Clark's American Bandstand on October 6, uh, 1957. Uh, I'm sorry, 1958, and um, did Come On, Let's Go. Uh, he also flew to Hawaii and performed there. And then he joined uh, Alan Freed's Christmas Jubilee in New York City. So he was getting you know a lot of notoriety. And that is when he uh, was invited to join the uh, winter dance party with Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper, among others. And um, he joined that. And um, and in um, February of 1959, was on that fateful flight that crashed outside of Clear Lake, Iowa. And... Um, Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. So, um, that's Richie Valens died way too young. He was later to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, but he died uh, at a very young age and um, at 17. And was, was played by Lou Diamond Phillips in He was movie. played li- by Lou Diamond Phillips in a movie. And before we moved on to Buddy Holly, there was a movie, La Bamba, that was about Richie Valens' life. There was a Buddy Holly story, and uh, Colonel and I were talking about that. That thing is almost 40 years old now. Over, you know, that's, that's hard to believe. It seemed like a Gary Busey played Buddy Holly. Gary Busey? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> but it seems like that was, I mean, it didn't seem that long ago, but it's been 40 years ago since the movie. So, but the star of, the big star of this whole winter uh, caravan, winter <laughs> dance party, that was the main attraction, of course, was uh, Buddy Holly, who had a string of hits at a very young age. Buddy was only 22. And to tell us about him, it's the Colonel. Well, and, and he was born Charles Harden Holly, and there's actually an E in the last, H-O-L-L-E-Y, um, in 1936. He was just like every other musician, you know, started out kind of small, kicking around here and there, and then he got noticed. And think about this. The boy's 19 years old, and he's opening up for Elvis Presley yeah, in that's 1955. Amazing. Wow. Now, he opened up for Elvis Presley uh, three times a year in 1955. And this time, I mean, Elvis was a star at this point. Yeah, Elvis was a big star, and Buddy Holly at this point had done, um, he was mostly a country-western act, but because he was opening for Elvis, he changed it to more rock and roll, and then he uh, opened up for Bill Haley and his Comets. Now, that's when Holly got recognized um, by a Nashville scout, Eddie Crandall, Helped him get a contract with Decca. So one of the things that uh, led to this whole crash was he has a contract with Decca Records. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now his recording sessions are done by this guy named Owen Bradley, but Holly didn't like the way that Bradley was recording the restrictions, everything else. So he goes to this guy Norman Petty in New Mexico. Well, Petty decides to be their manager, to record them, to do everything else. And so they release a demo of That'll Be the Day. But Which was his, uh, one of his... Uh, his number one hits. Right. Um, however, because of his association with Decca Records, he could not release it as Buddy Holly. So they released it as The Crickets. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, what's the big thing about Buddy Holly is not really it's not really the hits that he had, um, because he was he was just out. You know, he was the guy only had a career that lasted maybe a year and a half, two years. I mean, he's nineteen; he was twenty-two when he died. Nineteen opening for Elvis. It's it's what he did uh, for rock and roll. And the big thing that Buddy Holly did was. 
he changed the format of a true he created really the format of what a traditional rock and roll band is mm-hmm. um, with your lead guitarist your rhythm guitarist your uh, drummer and right. your bass player Buddy Holly did that the other thing that Buddy Holly did that was much different than everybody else yeah cool hair yeah, very cool hair. Now, he had different glasses, and he was actually told by someone to uh, switch to the horn rim glasses that he popularized. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually made Roy Orbison. Um, Roy Orbison believed that he was just too ugly and nobody with glasses could make it in rock and roll. But after seeing Buddy Holly do it, Roy Orbison went on to do it. Um, and the big thing, another big thing was the Stratocaster. And rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, Stratocaster had been considered a country and western guitar. Uh, throughout his career, Buddy owned five different Stratocasters. Um, and he made guitar a guitar an integral part of the rock and roll song. Yeah, he was very um, innovative. And his, um, his uh, cr- uh, music critics, you know, compared him to, I mean, Beethoven. I mean, they compared him yeah. to, like, the classic... Well, and if you if you look at you know I mean his, his songs and and what led to the crash really was um, this fight that they had between um, his original manager that Crandall who helped him get a contract with Decca, but then he had a falling out with Petty because they weren't nobody was getting any royalties, so Holly fired Petty, um, but the Crickets. We're under contract. We're under contract, and they wanted to keep Petty, so Buddy left the band. Now, he meets his wife in New York City, um, Maria Elena, and they get married, but Buddy has no money. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had these hit songs, but he's had no money. He's seen right. no royalties from it. So he decides to do this um, do this tour. Winter dance Yeah, and that's when party. he gets Waylon Jennings, and we'll get into that when we yeah. get into the crash. But So he has to get a backup band, and um, he does this thing, does this, uh, the uh, Midwest Dance Tour. Um, but anyway, um, the, the important thing about Buddy Holly is his legacy. I mean, the legacy that he left behind and, and his, the people that he influenced. And his two biggest, uh, John Lennon, Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. What was the name of that band? The Beatles. I mean, you got the Crickets, the Beatles. Mm-hmm. That's who they influenced. The first album that uh, Eric Clapton ever bought was a Buddy Holly of Crickets. Um, here's an interesting one. Bruce Springsteen told Dave Marsh, I play Buddy Holly every night before I go on. That keeps me honest. Elton John. I find that very uninteresting. Just play Candy Crush, girl. <laughs> um, I'm listening. But you have uh, you have all these people who, you know, Elvis was a huge influence when he went on it because Buddy Holly was on Ed Sullivan twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have all these people who, you know, he had such a short career, but he influenced... All the all these musicians, Elton John. I mean, all these people will tell you Buddy Holly was the you know their mm-hmm. major influence in sure. life. And as I said, Roy Orbison, he he influenced them because he had a very um, you know he had a very strange way of playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of played. He had 
kind of the stuttering vocals that nobody had ever done before. And he, he was very innovative. He did things that, uh, you know, Mick Jagger said that, you know, the biggest influence on the Rolling Stones was Buddy Holly. You know, so you, all these people that... Um, Weezer. Weezer. Yeah. Weezer said that. Um, any band, really, that is set up in a, in a four-man traditional format... Um, guitarist, rhythm guitarist, drummer, starts bass with, player. Starts with uh, Buddy Holly. Starts with Buddy Holly. Yeah. And, uh, and before, because before that you had, you know. So you get into the, you get, you, you talked about the the contract and then the, the, the following out with those managers. So he couldn't take the crickets with him on his store. He could not take the crickets with him and he was broke. He was just deathly broken. He did not, um, and he was, he, I mean, and he, he just he, got married. Yeah, he was only married like a few months, right? Yeah, yeah. But he couldn't play any. He couldn't play any. I mean, he could play shows, but he had to play him as Buddy Holly. He couldn't, mm-hmm. you know. And the crickets, he was kind of estranged from the crickets because, mm-hmm. right? They chose that, but um, yeah. So Buddy was the Buddy Holly was inducted into the inaugural class of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986. So he, on this the first uh, group that went in with this winter dance party, he recruits Waylon Jennings and Tommy also also yeah mm-hmm. to go to, with him to go with him. And Waylon Jennings um, at the time was a kind of a DJ in in the Lubbock area. He was a struggling musician. He wanted to be a musician. He was kind of a struggling DJ. Um, but Buddy saw something. Buddy saw something in him that you know, and and Waylon Jennings. So Waylon Jennings was actually his bass player. Um, William Jennings, we all know him as a guitarist, but he was actually yeah. I, I, I read on his tour before this tour um, started, he gave he gave Waylon a, a bass and said, "You got two weeks to learn how to play this thing." And he didn't. Uh, and you know what he did? He just listened. To, he didn't learn the bass parts of the song. He just made up his own bass parts. Yeah. He uh, but he he learned the songs right. And uh, but that's you know really Buddy Holly. It's 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 amazing that a guy that was around such a short time. It had such a huge influence because when you talk about Elvis, you know, Elvis was around for 20 years, 25 years. You know, you talk about the bigger influences in music. They were all around, but Buddy Holly in but a year the, and a half really changed. But did um, Elvis write his own music? No. No, no, no. 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 He, he just performed, right? I mean, yeah, he was just and, a and which but I mean, you've seen Elvis on, you know, so many, a lot of musicians will say, you know, I've seen Elvis on Ed Sullivan. Right, right. i seen, uh, but, you know, Buddy Holly fundamentally changed rock and roll by the way he set up the band, by the way his guitar riffs were. He liked to play the low neck of the guitar instead of just rhythm parts, you know, up until then. There was yeah. not a lot of string bending in rock and roll. There was not a lot of things like that. Yeah, and he did not look like a rock star. No, he did not look Under like a rock star at all. Under the best of circumstances. Uh, he looks like Elvis Costello. Elvis he Costello does look like Elvis like Costello. Yeah, or vice versa. Um, but, you know, the, the bands that came after him, um, like I said, the Beatles. He no, was the Beatles' mine. biggest influence. In Weezer. The big, huh? Weezer. Weezer. Weezer, yeah. I, would, I Winger. would not put... Could be winger, and and obviously we will get to the plane crash. His demise, like so many other men, um, his demise was trying to get to Moorhead. Okay, so let's bring that brings us Isn't to February perfect? 3rd, <laughs> 1959, and the and the um, 
and the plane crashed. So the, the group, as mentioned, was uh, just finished a gig at the Surf Room. Is that the name of the place? Mm-hmm. In Clear, Wake, Clear Lake, Iowa. Man, I have got to get to Iowa. There's so many cool things. There's the Buddy Capali plane crash. The Hobo Festival. The Hobo Convention, which I think is next month. Oh, my gosh. You don't have Iowa yet? The Vasali Vasali Axe Murder House. Didn't yeah. he just have all the pride parades and everything else? I don't know. How do you Dee's Nuts is running? Dee's Nuts is running for president and Potomac, Iowa is for radars from. So yeah. A lot's going on in Iowa. I've never been to Iowa. I've got to look it up. But anyway. There's a lot of corn in Iowa. Clear Lake, Iowa is where they were playing, and it was in the middle of winter. It was February 3rd, 1959. And um they had been riding, they were about a week and a half, two weeks into this winter tour, and they had all been riding a bus, and the bus was not heat, they, they had no heat, and uh, several members of the group had been getting sick, one member got a frostbite, I mean, it was just, it sounded like just a miserable uh, experience. So Buddy Holly decides he's going to charter a flight. Well, and uh, the but, other thing that they did, Tim, when they put this tour together... They did not look at the logistics and the distances between between um, uh, between, shows. Re- yeah, yeah. between places. venues yeah. venues yeah. yeah so they started to run into trouble which led to him booking this flight yeah so he books this flight to get them from Clear Lake to I think they were the flight was to go to somewhere in North Dakota which is right outside Moorhead Minnesota. Yeah, and um, so, but the plane only had room for three people and the pilot. Uh, mm-hmm. Pilot is key, so really it was just three passengers. Um, Buddy Holly wanted to go because uh, he wanted to get some rest and he wanted to do some laundry. They'd been on, like I said, it'd been a week and a half, two weeks on this tour, and he wanted to do some laundry. So originally it was supposed to have been him. Uh, and his two backup players, Waylon Jennings and Tommy Alsup. But um, T- Tommy Alsup and uh, Richie Valens decided to um, flip for it, flip a coin to see who uh, would get to go on the plane and who had to go on the bus. And unfortunately for Richie Valens, he won the coin cost, so he got to go on the flight uh, and save himself that miserable uh Bus ride. Um, Waylon Jennings was again supposed to go on it, but the big bopper had not been feeling well. He he was one of the ones that was getting sick, getting the flu, and um, he asked Waylon if he would uh, switch with him. Waylon agreed. So the uh, big bopper, um, Richie Valens, and Buddy Holly, along with the pilot, boarded the plane, and uh, it took off in uh, snowy conditions on uh, February 3rd, 1959, and had just flown a few miles before the plane went down and crashed, um, killing all on board. Um, <coughs> and it was a... Uh, they were killed instantly. And it was... A, uh, they took off at late at night. Again, it was bad weather conditions, wintry in Iowa. The pilot... Well, uh, and, you know, the thing on that is it was clear when they took off. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very clear when they took off. They did not tell the pilot that there was two winter advisories. Um, he did not know about them. He did not know that he was flying into a, a potential blue. Yeah, I think um, the uh, kind of the pilot got the most of the blame. He was inexperienced, and like the colonel said, he, he was flying in conditions he was probably 
had no idea he was flying into. I also read he wasn't that familiar with that plane, and, and yeah, and uh, he was thought he was gaining altitude and actually well, was and that's bringing it down. He that what they speculate happened is he hit the blizzard. Um, he flew into the blizzard. Couldn't see. Couldn't see. He was not certified to fly by instrumentation alone. So he was trying to get up above um, the precipitation, but instead of, because of no visibility, instead of going up, he was going down. Actually, they hit down. the ground. They said it about 170 miles an hour. Yeah. And there was some, uh, you know, you can get into the, there was one thing that I read that, listed all the injuries and I mean it was pretty traumatic yeah they said that um, when they they when they exhumed um, the big bopper they they said he would have died he had three injuries that would have certainly killed him on impact I think a head injury um, I think he broke his uh, punctured the lungs. Yeah, like yeah. Well, they so said I mean, Buddy Holly when they found him, um, he his basically his skull was split in half. Yeah, it was uh, it was um, very very. Uh, and it was ten traumatic. hours before they found. Him. Yeah. Well, and here's my thing: you t- you send one of your less experienced pilots to go fly this rock star and his yeah, whatever his yeah, entourage. Yeah, to go somewhere. But I guess... Well, uh, I don't think it was really an airline. I think they no, were just it, looking around somebody just, in the yeah. town that had a plane. Yeah, and he just somebody. wanted... Uh, he just wanted... I think it was Buddy Holly's idea. He just wanted to get to that next uh, venue quicker. And it was miserable. Like I said, the bus was so miserable. He was trying to get to Moorhead as quickly as he could. And him and, you know, him and Waylon, who were good friends, uh, he was a mentor to Waylon Jennings, um... You know, they teased each other, and when they got on the plane, and Waylon said the last thing he said to him, or the last thing Buddy had said to him is, I hope you freeze your ass off on that bus. And then Waylon said, well, I hope your plane crashes. So, I mean, he had to live with that his whole life. It, uh, of course, That's he, sad. Yeah. I mean, he meant nothing by it, but, right. you know, it's just one of those odd things. Oh, it's bad juju to say. Yeah, yeah, it's really bad juju. yeah. But uh, maybe you should consider that for some of the things you say to me and the brown hat devil. Yeah, because yeah, what if they just drop dead one day? Yeah. Like the last thing you said. Yeah. Why are you laughing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'd be tragic. Okay. Oh, I love the humor you bring to the show. Um, so anyway, a very sad event. Um, and then, um, so Brittany's going to tell us kind of the aftermath. Yeah. And, and this is sad, too. Uh, Buddy Holly's pregnant wife, Maria. Yeah, she was pregnant at the yep, time. Yep, and they'd only been married for six months. Um, learned of his death through reports on the news. So uh, man, that be awful? she was never told by anybody directly. I couldn't imagine, like, seeing yeah. that yeah. on TV. It would be horrible. And she kind of freaked out. Yeah, yeah. As you can she, um, actually, she suffered a miscarriage due to psychological trauma. Yeah, man. She yeah. Had to, didn't she have that miscarriage the next day? Yeah. Um, was it? Was it I'm day? not. Yeah. A, I, yeah. This next day. Okay. The day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, due to the trauma of the and the one of the things that changed because of this is that the FAA does not release the names of victims yeah. until the next of kin's notified. Yeah, because Waylon Jennings, Waylon Jennings' uh, brother heard about it on the radio and they thought he was on the plane. Yeah, uh, but then he called like a couple hours later to let them know he was okay. But they thought he had he had died. Right, because they didn't know who was on the plane, but. Um, Maria did not attend the funeral, and she'd never visited the gravesite. And in an interview, she said, 
quote, in a way, I blame myself. I was not feeling well when he left. I was two weeks pregnant, and I wanted Buddy to stay with me, but he had a scheduled tour. I mean, you, you have to remember they were very young. Right. She She's probably, only 21, right? Yeah. He was also yeah. 21 or, or so. Um, yeah, he was 22. Okay. He was 22. Yeah. And um, then she said, uh, it was the only time I wasn't with him, and I blame myself because I know that if I had only gone along, Buddy would have never gotten into that airplane. Yeah. And the good thing for her is at least, you know, financially, she did get the rights to his name yeah. and to his trademark. So, you know, I, Colonel and I was talking about how how uh, music, uh, the music industry was at the time. We were surprised that she had that, those rights. They, yeah, they, but they, they know she sold the uh, music rights to Michael Jackson. No. What? Paul McCartney. Really? Paul Close McCartney enough. Bought Alan's buddy, Holly's music rights catalog. Close right. enough. Oh, wow. But um, <clears throat> there is a, um, as Brandy mentioned earlier, there is a um, uh, memorial at the crash site. I guess it's on private property mm-hmm. uh, in Clear Lake, Iowa. Uh, of course, Buddy Holly is also in the... And it's a big set of glasses. Hall of Fame. No, about his glasses, but mentioning his glasses. They found his glasses like uh, a week later, I think. Yeah. A week later, because there was snow on the ground. Sure. They couldn't find it, and they found this. They did find his glasses a week later, and I, I want to say it's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They are in the Rock and Roll. I've seen them. Yeah. They're in the Rock and Roll. His glasses were intact. Yeah. It's crazy. So the winter dance party didn't stop. The tour didn't stop. Um, Waylon Jennings and Tommy also go on. Um, Carried on performing. How do you go on performing after? I know. I I wouldn't. But they performed for two more weeks, and Jennings took Holly's place as lead singer. Yeah. He toured. I I remember when I was a kid, he toured with the Crickets for a while. Mm -hmm. Waylon Jennings did. After he was a big star on his own. Yeah. He would, I guess he was throwing them a bone or something. That would be hard to. But it would be cool to see. Like you said, the show goes on. But who else, Colonel, who else didn't, wouldn't you tell me someone else uh, finished a tour Um, as well? Frankie Valley. Frankie Valley. Yeah, Frankie Valley. Frankie Valley came in and did um, finish the tour. Yeah. So meanwhile, the funerals. were held individually. Holly and Richardson were buried in Texas, Valens in California, and the pilot buried in Iowa. Yeah, poor pilot. He died in two, but he didn't give him a lot of the yeah. recognition. So no. A lot of the blame, but none of the recognition. But again, the thing is, they were so young. The but it's a crash, actually at the memorial site, the crash site, there are a large pair of, of glasses. black horn-rimmed glasses at the, you know, a carrot. I mean, uh-huh. they're about six foot long. Uh-huh. Six foot wide. Um, why do you know that? I've seen a picture of it. That is why. Because I do my research, Devin. That why is why the colonel is on this podcast on. because he is he, his knowledge is boundless. Yeah, I mean, I, when I got a subject, I study it. I mean, I, yeah. do you? Like, like, well, yeah. we're having, we're, <laughs> like John Wilkes Booth's, um, uh, like John Wilkes Booth's mummy. Yeah, I, I mean, there was nothing I mean, there. I'm looking at the picture of the crash site, and I don't see six foot. Yeah, he's, ma- he's making it. No, he made no. that up. You, <clears throat> I will show there, you. There are, like, uh, gla- there are like guitars there over there are some You guitars, know, it's, yeah. it's funny because guitars. they... Guitar. Guitar. The day that Elvis died, there was 25,000 people in front of Graceland. They all have um, bananas. And they... What's wrong with that? I tell you what, I've been to Graceland, and it's a dump. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, it's a dump. But Renee no. was there, and she... but. But you know there was no vigil for Buddy Holly. There was yeah. no um, his his parents were Baptists. They did not like the music that he played. Um, they did not like that devil rock and roll. Um, 
And they, they played no music at his funeral service of his. Um, they basically pretended that nothing, that he was never a star. He was just a son. Mm. They didn't acknowledge who he was. Um, so, you know, there was no, it, it was kind of odd because, you know, they went down in a, in a cornfield. And Middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. Poor Maria. She didn't pregnant and lose yeah. her baby, lose her husband in the same But week. she did eventually remarry and have three kids. And she's still alive today. She's still alive today. She's like uh, 82. Yep, she's 82, and I believe she's in New York, right? Yeah, I think so. And she spends most of her life protecting Buddy Holly's legend, or legacy. Legacy. Yeah, and she has spent, and she has made millions and millions and Mm -hmm. millions of dollars. I mean, she, she... must have got her a good lore because she was young. Yeah, and you you know how the music industry together. just screwed the musicians back then. It's amazing that she she got the rights to anything, but I'm glad she did. Same way with the Big Bopper. He's uh, his son did okay with the uh, royalties off of Chantilly Lace and the other mm-hmm. song, other songs that he had. Um, so good for them. Um, it's a tragedy, and of course, this all became. Memorialize again in 1970 with, as we said before, Don McLean's um, American Pie. When he, and at least the first part of the song talks about the day the music died when uh, Buddy Holly, the big popper, well, yeah. and Richie Valens died in the plane crash. Well, and you know, we uh, in the chorus we were talking about yesterday, and I, I was reading up on this, and uh, the part we couldn't figure out was a uh, lonely teenage Bronkenbuck incarnation, yeah. a pickup truck which was a description of what Don McLean visualized the kids coming to this dance would be wearing. Uh, to, to, to this... Um, to these shows, yeah. Yeah, to these shows. Okay. A Bronken Buck. Yeah. Great song. Boy, great song. Nice. I mean, you know, you can listen to that song like any time. You can just turn it on any time. It's great. No matter what. No more kind of mood you're in, you listen to American Pie. You ever listen to American Pie? Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Have uh, you heard? Does she have anything else? Go ahead, Uh, Brittany. No, no, we got we got it all. Do you have any uh, closing comment, young Brittany? I do not. You're going to be joining us as often as you can. Yes. So I don't need to say any goodbyes or see you later. No, because it's only until we meet again. Okay. Au revoir. Au revoir. Bye, Felicia. Uh, Brandy. Yes. Any final thoughts, comments on the Big Bopper, Richie Valens, or Buddy Holly plane crash? Chuck, any, uh, he may be getting fired soon. So yeah, bye. We, we may have to buy Felicia Chuck. <laughs> yes. So, you know, that's going to be a sad day. Can I have his job? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely can have okay. his job. Absolutely. Yeah, I would Chuck. be proud. I'd be honored if you would take my position. You just showing up would actually be more than what he does. Yeah, so I'll do yes. that. I'll come you have much by. nicer hair. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. She it's does not, a, It's not it, that prison cut. It's... Yeah. You know, I, and I figured out what it is with the girl. Uh-huh. Her hair is shiny. It is. It's shiny, and she could do like, like, like a, she can do shampoo. Like a commercial. She could, the girl could do shampoo commercials. And <laughs> when you like Homer Simpson, and you're looking out there, and you stand, you know, we stand out there in the outside area, and we look like Homer Simpson in his underwear. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you look at you look at the back of Britney's head, and all of a sudden, what come, You know what pops into your mind? Yeah. Mm, shiny. Yeah. <laughs> shiny. Yeah. And then that's how you end up touching her hair. Right, because yeah, like, you like to touch shiny, shiny. things. Yeah. You're weird. I, let, <laughs> let's say you end up touching her hair. I went on a record that I don't touch your hair. Yeah. Right? Okay, no. Nope. Thank you. No, nope. Tim thank does not. Okay. But for the record, it's very quite silky, um, unlike the rough 
thing you got going on on top of your head. But you know what? I would like to give a shout out, final shout out to Brandy's husband, Dave. Well, Dave. you know, Dave, I, and you know who I'd like to give a shout out to? Dave, first of all, Dave, I'm sure there's like three or four mods out there that just came out this week that you haven't bought that you need to look up and grab. The Colonel is, Dave, is into electronic smoking. Not like Dave. Dave, it has become a religion today. <laughs> Um, and and Dave is a. Uh, I will say this. I don't know how the devil landed this man. I don't I know. Do not it's know a how mystery. the devil ever landed It's this a mystery man. wrapped but in an she, enigma. I, and, and, and what? I, Whatever. I will get. On, I will get on the phone with Dave. Yeah. Dave and I are friends, and I will get on the phone with Dave. Dave is the nicest guy. And Dave will make his own. We 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 both uh, use electronic cigarettes, and Dave sometimes will make his own own juice. Um, you know, his own his own eat. Nicotine juice, and he will start giving me these formulas. You know, Uh-oh. like well, if you use thirty three percent of this and and ten percent of this well, and twelve percent of that, but he does not realize that he's talking to somebody who Stupid. doesn't know. Basically, <laughs> I can't. I'm, I'm like, no, stop. Math is not necessarily my strong so it's point. It's like a second language, and I'm just saying, Dave. No, all I want to know is, am I going to kill myself if I do this? That's all I want to know. Here's what you got to do, Chuck. Now, you got to get some 28-gauge canthal wire. You got to get a, you get yourself a 2-millimeter bit. You wrap it around eight times, and I'm like, and that's going to give you, if you know Ohm's Law. Now, you know what Ohm's Law is, and, and I'm like, what the hell did I... Did I call somebody in in China or something? You're talking Chinese to me here. You're from the west side of Cincinnati. But the man is just a genius. I don't know what it is with him. Which is is so ironic that he married Brandy. You know what? I think it's it's that that yin and yang thing. It it gives him balance. Because I don't think the girl would have survived on her own. You know what? Brandy, we both know if it weren't for Dave, she'd be on a pole right no, now. No, she'd Brandy, be on a pole right now. Well, she probably, well, that's probably true. But she is very, Brandy is very bright. It's just that she is sometimes a little rough around the edges, I would say. Rough around the edges. That's kind Brandy of like, like uh, this. Kind, I should run for president. Kind of like number four like grit. Sa- <laughs> number four grit sandpaper is rough around the edges, too. <laughs> Brittany is just, or not Brittany, Brandy, she, uh, She's just hard and mean. Yeah. But we love her. We love her. Wow. We love you. But you got a wonderful husband. You know, what, you know what's great? Is I just bought your lunch. You did and just buy my lunch. Yeah. You? And You're a wonderful is, woman. And how, yeah. And I did uh, yesterday, although he gave me money. But I still got it. For yeah. And, I got, I got I, and you must add that... Uh, while we're talking... If we're going to downgrade and badmouth the, the devil all the time... Yeah. She does have a wonderful husband she and does. her son Jake. What did Jake just do last year? I don't. I mean, he did, had job. some fantastic accomplishment in school. He was student of the quarter. Student of the quarter. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then Noah. Noah I mean, is brilliant. Noah is brilliant. He's the damn kid you're ever going to see. He got a new the bed. Boy, but the boy is the it's devil. kind of a big deal. The boy yeah. is the devil. I think he went and saw his trains. I mean, he is going. Is he's going to. He wants to grow up to be a dinosaur. That's okay. He's like three years old. Yeah. I think he's four. I hope he is a dinosaur. He wants to be a dinosaur when he grows up. Let him think that till he's four and a half, and then tell him he's got to do something else. He's going to he's going to do vocation. Son, you're going to have to get a real job. No, I'm yeah. telling you. Let him be a, be a dinosaur. You won't have to pay for college. It'll be great. It'll yeah. be great. All right. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Uh, check us out where, Colonel? You can check us out on Facebook. Yeah. 
at History Dweebs. Um, you can check us out on the World Wide Web on HistoryDweeb.com. World Wide Web. <laughs> but the most important thing is to uh, check us out on iTunes. And what would we like and for you to what do? we would really like to do you to do, negative or positive, do, 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 do. whatever you say, give us your feedback on what you what you think. Now, if you go to our webpage, you can send an email too, but leave a review because we don't get enough reviews. And I believe that there's, you know, like NPR. People are starting to talk. Yeah, NPR. Yeah. I mean, they get all kinds of reviews. We're better than them. Yeah. We're better than them. I mean, we ain't sitting around talking about nonsensical stuff all the time. Right. We're important stuff. No, this, this is important stuff. Buddy Holly. I mean, he's one of the one of the pioneers of rock music. But um, Albert Fish. Albert Fish. Um, but we would love your Daylight feedback. Daylight Savings Time. If you would like to suggest a program, send us an email at uh, timpscott at yahoo.com, and uh, we'll consider it. Uh, we have to keep things pretty simple. Colonel, kind of, as he mentioned, he's, he likes things simple. He's, he's not he, very bright. Well, I, I didn't do. want to say that. He can't read very well. <laughs> I, I can read just fine. <laughs> it's the comprehending right. he struggles We'll with. catch you. Thank, every, thank you, everyone. We'll talk to you again real soon on History Dweebs. Bye. So, okay, bye. bye. Goodbye. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you.